Welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. Stands and Fits, episode 91 of Stands and Fits. We've had a couple week break. Excuse me. A uh, couple week break. Two weeks ago, I was in Clarinda for, uh, for Thanksgiving. And then last week, I was got really sick, like out of nowhere. You had the bubonic plague. Well, no, let's <laughs> not, not start that, but I'm not Chris Williams here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I, it was like, I just was zapped dude out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It was kind of, it was kind of crazy. And I know it was serious cause you missed uh, covering the game that Wednesday night as well too. Yeah. I didn't, I did not leave my house hardly mm-hmm. for two full days. Mm-hmm. Really? Like, uh, yeah, I, I think I didn't leave my house from like Tuesday night. I went to bed at Tuesday night, like at seven o'clock. Yeah. That was, we were first going to record on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I told you, I was like, dude, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hurting. And, uh, I went to bed really early. I woke up the next day, felt about the same. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, man, I can't. Those can't. sicknesses where you just feel like every ounce of energy has to go to, you know, <laughs> not, not dying are the worst, you know? Yeah, and it wasn't like I was like getting sick, like throwing up or anything like that, or like I didn't. I'd had a cold before, mm-hmm. but I I was pretty much over it. It was one of those things where I think like just I hadn't been sleeping enough, mm-hmm. and it just finally caught up to me, and it was like you have no energy left. Go to sleep. You staying up too late doing cycle fanatic stuff, or are you playing video games all night? What's going uh, it's on? It's just combinations, you know. I mean, like the problem for me is that at, during basketball season those games are always so late mm-hmm. and I have a really hard time winding down mm-hmm. when I get home after games. So I'll end up staying up until three or four in the morning. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I can sleep in a little bit, you know, but still it's like my body clock just gets all messed up. Yeah. I mean, if you don't go to bed and, you know, fall asleep at the same time every night, then it's kind of struggle sometimes I can understand. Well, I don't do that. I don't do a very good job of that. That's a, I'll, I'll admit that, but mm-hmm. uh, it's a different conversation. Neither, neither here nor there. Uh, Cyclones are going to Orlando. Yes. If you want to go to Orlando, you can travel with CycloneFanatic.com. You can find that right now on the Cyclone Fanatic homepage. Should be a good time. Uh, land and air package is available. And, and I can tell you right now it is a good deal just based on the prices I've seen of how flights have changed in the time since, uh, since the bowl game was announced. Orlando is a very expensive place to go especially at that time of year. And, uh, and, and I, you know, Chris did the best job that he could to, to get you guys a really good deal. And I, I promise you it's worth the money uh, to, to travel with Cyclone Fanatic. I'm excited that, you know, for the fan base in general, that we get to go somewhere warm, a little bit warmer than Memphis at least. Are you going? I am not. Um, my trade-off is this year, I will likely be going to the Big 12 tournament for sure. Okay. So that'll be my first time going to KC. We, uh, we can have some... Some drinks at uh, at some establishments. Yeah, you'll have to show me around a little bit down there. Yeah, we don't really go to the Power and Light, so. Okay. But I don't think you seem like a Power and Light guy anyway. Uh, well, I mean, if you really ask me, I'm more of a stay in the hotel room, keep to myself, watch TV all night kind of guy. But oh, I mean, I'll go out and grab a drink or two. Well, no, sure. we'll uh, we're gonna make you go out and and drink with us. All right. That that will be non negotiable. Right. Uh, no, we we go to like the Peanut is there, is one of the places. Oh, but this, besides the point, uh, yeah. like I said, on the front page of Cyclone Fanatic, you can find the link right there uh, and sign up to go travel with uh, with Cyclone Fanatic to Orlando. My hotel will be right down the street from you guys, so I'll be hanging out with uh, with everybody that's on the trip as well. And of course, Chris will be there, and 
um, it, it'll be really fun. I promise you, if you guys are, are looking for uh, a way to get down to Orlando and not have to spend like $5,000, well, not have to spend $5,000 per person to do it, then this is a really good option. Um, are you going to do any extracurriculars down there while you're down there? So, yeah, I was just, uh, I was just doing some research on that stuff. Um, so I am going to go and watch the Sixers play against the magic. Nice. I didn't know that. That lines up for you. They play, uh, on Friday night, the night before the game. So I'm going to go and do that. It'll be a, I mean, obviously it'll be an early day on Saturday probably, but, um, you know, we don't really have that much to do before bowl games or anything like that. So that's a little different, but, uh, no, I'm going to go do that. Go watch the Sixers. Hopefully, uh, maybe they'll call Mariel up around then. That'd yep. be nice. Maybe just for even a couple days. Yeah. He's had some nice games. This <sighs> yeah, year. man. He's been balling out, dude. Mm-hmm. Bucket getter. That's, that's what Mariel Shayok is. I'm not surprised. And it's, uh, you know, he had a, he had a game the other night where he, he played really well and man, his shot is just so pure. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I was sitting there watching it. I was like, man, we didn't appreciate this guy enough in his one year. That's what I was telling everyone. Iowa State. It's like he, I mean, you think about all the great transfers Iowa State's gotten. He's up there. Yeah, yeah he's, he certainly is. And he'll, uh, I think that he'll be on the, uh, on the all decade team that comes out next week. I, I'm still, I have to compile all the votes for the basketball one, but I'm pretty sure Mariel will be represented on that team. Um, so yeah, I'm going to do that. Uh, I was, I've talked a lot about Harry Potter world. <laughs> yeah. on this podcast. Uh, I was doing some research on Universal Studios. Mm-hmm. Holy crap, dude. It is really expensive to go to Universal Studios for one day. It is. Like they, they get you by, it's the, the jump from one day to three days is not that much. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to go, you might as well go for like three consecutive days. Well, yeah, but I also have to work. <laughs> what? You have to work? Yeah. I do. Um, uh, so if I go, it will be for one day. Yeah. And the other thing they do is that um, the like Harry Potter, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter is spread across two of like there's so there's two parks. Actually, yeah. I think there's technically three because they have like a water park or something. But yep. uh, it's spread across like the two main parks. So you got to pay for both parks if you want to go to the entire Harry Potter world experience, which if yep. I'm going to go, like I want to get the whole experience. Yeah, because the only way that you can do the Hogwarts Express is if you have the park to park ticket. You can't ride it back and forth if you have just like, you know, individual mm-hmm. passes to each park. Yeah. So I'm going to have to do, I'm going to have to do both of them. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to have to do the, the, but that's like $300. Yeah. It's not, not inexpensive. I was sitting there, I was looking at it and I was like, man, I need to figure out which day I will be there where there is just like, I, <laughs> I have the least going on because yeah. I need to spend as much time at Harry Potter world as I possibly can in order to get my $300 worth. And honestly, like it's, it's going to obviously add more to your bottom line, but it might be worth getting a fast pass just so you can get as many rides in as you can too. Well, that's the, that's what I was kind of thinking. I was like, man, if I'm going to go, like I might as well like go all out. Yeah. And it's like, and just, eat it you know and even beyond but, like when am i going to go back to orlando again yeah and even beyond harry potter world like there's they got a ton more rides on top of the harry potter stuff too yeah i mean i i went there when i was uh like eight mm-hmm. i think um and it was really fun then you know yeah uh, i i have a hard time now on roller coasters it's been a little while since i've been on a roller coaster yeah uh but you reach a certain height <laughs> and all of a sudden roller coasters logistically become it's a lot more difficult. Yeah. 
unless it's like the ones where your legs like hang down mm-hmm. where you're going upside down and stuff like that. Yep. Uh, but like getting in those little cars is real tough. Yeah. So that'll be a, that might be something to keep an eye on. But. I know they have those. I think they're, um, the Harry Potter themed dragon coasters. Those mm-hmm. are the ones where your legs dangle. So you'll be able to at least go on those. Yeah. Well, and all you know, I can make it work mm-hmm. like for most, for the most part I can figure it out. They don't last that long. So yeah. it, it's not like it is, it's like that tough, but, yep. uh, no, do they serve alcohol there? Yes, I'm pretty positive. Oh, nice. That'll be, that'll be another. I mean, you're gonna be so full on butterbeer though. So, does that have beer in it? No. Oh, that's just like, it's, it's just like just a drink, butterscotch, and you know mm. that kind of stuff. Yeah, I feel like I'll probably have to try it, but it'll be one of those things. That I'm like, all right, I tried it. <laughs> now I'm good. Yeah. Uh, but the game, uh, it. Uh, oh yeah, the game. It should be. It should be a fun one. I think. Yeah. Um, I think you can kind of tell that unfortunately Notre Dame fans aren't too jacked up to play Iowa State the Camping World Bowl yeah. after a 10 and 2 season. Yeah. But we're not Notre Dame fans, we're Iowa State fans. So uh getting to play them, obviously it's a big time college football program. Um winning against them even though they might not be as up for this game as Iowa State is, it's going to be a pretty cool thing if they end up winning that game. I think that like I can understand where Notre Dame fans are coming from. You know, you it's probably similar to like how on some level, Iowa State fans felt like when we went and played Memphis. Yeah. You know, it was kind of like, oh. Oh, God, we have to play this. Well, and I, I'm sure team. that they know, like, I haven't read up on it, but I would imagine that they know Iowa State is a good quality opponent, you know? I would say, I mean, from what little internet research I've done, I think maybe half their fans realize that. The other kind of just see Iowa State and think, oh, God, who is, who is this team? Yeah. But I don't know what they realistically thought would be different. Maybe Texas, like if the Alamo Bowl passed on Texas. Yes, the, um, most a lot of their fans who are disappointed in Iowa State were hoping to face Texas, but at the same time, it's like Texas wasn't an option for the Camping World Bowl. I was to say that wasn't even going to be in play. Yeah, like I wonder how they would have reacted if they were playing Kansas State or Oklahoma State, if it would have been any different. Um, I don't think so, from what I've read. So they really just were like, they're pissed that they're even there to begin with. Yes, which is fair. But I mean, they are 14th in the college football playoff. Yeah, but I mean, if you're independent and you're 10 and 2, you don't have any conference affiliations to automatically get you in a better bowl. Well, they do have a, they have a tie-in with um, the Orange Bowl, but those were obviously filled though. Yeah, I want to say that it's like the highest ranked. You know, like if the, I I can't remember exactly how it works. Florida's going in the spot that they would have been in, but I want to say it's like the highest ranked at large or like uh, the highest ranked between Notre Dame and the SEC, mm-hmm. if it's an at-large, uh, is the one that goes in like Florida is 10. Yeah. And Notre Dame was 14. Which is kind of debatable if you think about it. I, I might say that Notre Dame might be the better team between Florida and Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean, I, if Notre Dame would have been going to the Orange Bowl, it wouldn't, like, I don't think anybody would have been able to argue it, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, when you talk about the conference deal, I I don't know, man. Like, I, I don't fault them for not joining a conference. Yeah. When you look at it from their standpoint, like, I mean, they're big enough brand that they can get by just fine without a conference. Well, yeah. And they, the money that they get from their television deal, like, why would you, Yeah. if you can continue to do that, why would you not do it? Yeah. You know? And I mean, I think that they probably got into a position where it was like, no one was going to schedule them anymore. And that's why they had to do the deal with the ACC that they did. Mm-hmm. And that's how they end up playing Duke and North Carolina state and like people like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, they've never been in a conference. Yeah. So it's like, why would they ever go and 
start now. Like yeah. it's different like than BYU. Like BYU was in a conference and then went independent, you know? Mm. Like that was them making a conscious decision that they're like, we are going to be in a conference now. Mm. We're not going to, or like we don't want to be in a conference anymore. We think we are a big enough brand that we can be independent. And then I think they went back into a conference like shortly after that. Mm. Whereas for like Notre Dame, they're like, this is, that's just not what we do. Like we don't join a conference, you know? Mm. And if you look at it, like their schedule is not that much different than most other power five teams Yeah. at the end of the day. I mean, when you play USC and Stanford and the handful of ACC teams, they almost always have one marquee non-conference game or like, well, <laughs> all of them are non-conference games, but like one other marquee game, whether, you know, then they usually play Michigan, you know, they play Georgia this year. Mm-hmm. So I, like I sit there, I'm like the independent deal, like that doesn't bother me. I don't know. I don't think that that's that big a deal. It doesn't bother me either. I'm just saying like, no, yeah, I give it. Yeah. yeah I, that that's just like my justification of it is it's yeah. like, like for the bowl games, that's where I think that the bowl tie-ins is like kind of stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, especially with those high level bowl games. Yeah. That, I mean, that is kind of bring up something like, do you think that they should do away with bowl tie-ins uh, just altogether? Well, I think that I would definitely prefer to see Notre Dame there than see Virginia. Yeah. Like I'd prefer to see Notre Dame and Florida in the orange bowl mm-hmm. than Florida and Virginia. Yeah. I Nothing agree. against Virginia, but it's just like, if, like if the college football playoff isn't going to have tie-ins, which it obviously will not, mm-hmm. then like, why do these ones that are connected to the college football playoff have a conference tie-in, you know? Money, I guess, man. I mean, I, yeah, that's the only thing that it possibly could be, but like if, if you don't have it, it should, there should be some sort of rule where it's like, if you don't have a team good enough, like ranked certain to a certain point, like then you can't, it's like UConn went to the Fiesta bowl back in the day, you <laughs> yeah. know, and they were like seven and five and played against Oklahoma and Oklahoma destroyed them. Yeah. And you're like, and for, it was a huge deal for UConn to go to the Fiesta bowl, you know, but it's like, isn't this supposed to, I feel like that muddies a little bit, like what's supposed to be the best games. Yeah. You know, like we know Clemson is probably not going to be feeling that more often than not. Like the ACC, if they, whoever wins that league, probably more often than not is going to be playing in the playoff. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, that's where I'm like, Virginia, if, it, if Clemson had somehow lost in the, uh, you know, lost like one game and they got bumped out or whatever, somehow like Clemson didn't make the playoff and they go to the Orange Bowl in Virginia spot. Virginia's like going to some random ass bowl game where they're like, and they're just like a, Afterthought. Sol- yeah, they're an after- afterthought. Some solid team that's like, well, actually, they'd probably go in the camping world <laughs> now that I think about it. Uh, but that, do you get where I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. what, where I'm kind of coming from on that? Yeah. Like, I think if, like, if what our goal is to, is to make those New Year's, New Year's Six, make them the marquee games, like, make them the marquee games, mm-hmm. you know? Say, we're going to take the, the teams in the rankings that are the next 12 or whatever, next 11. Yeah. Plus, or how, how does that work? The next eight, seven or eight, plus the top group of five. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's how it works out. It's not like we're going to do. It's almost like for the New Year's Six Bowls, you just do away with affiliations for those. And then the rest of the bowls can have their tie-ins. Yeah, exactly. Like you can still keep the tie-ins with the camping world and like the Liberty and all that kind of stuff. And that that's as much as anything, because I think it makes it easier. Like mm-hmm. where the bowls don't have to be flying all around the country, you know, like thinking, okay, we got to scout who we want to get for the bowl game, you mm-hmm. know, I feel like that's one of those things where it's like, this is just how it's always been. And we don't change it because it's like, we've always done it this way. Why would we fix it? Yeah, exactly. I agree with you there. Yeah. But that's like the cotton bowl. Like 
I want to see the best teams that you can get in the Cotton Bowl. Mm-hmm. You know, if those are going to be your marquee games, if you're going to call this, like make these out to be this big thing, they're connected to the college football playoff committee and stuff like then get, you know, Utah, like get Utah in one of those games because they were one of the best teams all year. Yep. You know, despite the fact that they're not they didn't win their league or anything like that. If they're still a top 10 team in the college football playoff poll, like get them in the get them into a New Year's six game against another one of those best teams. And that to me sets it up further for it's like eventually if we went to eight teams we're setting it up more like this is how it will be mm-hmm. you know and like that in my mind that almost just seems simple like i don't that's just i guess that's my opinion though yeah people are setting their ways dude just gonna take a little bit of time to stupid. get to that point it's stupid mm-hmm. but that's the thing like if you go to eight that's the one good thing is that you can you can just set it up where okay so one year four of them are the quarterfinals Two of them are, and it just rotates, you know, like two are the semifinal and then you got the championship. Yep. So you got the same six bowl games with one championship game mm-hmm. and then there's no tie-ins, nothing like that. It's like we take the eight best yeah. and these are the games that you'll play in, mm-hmm. but there's no way, like no rhyme or reason of like, this is why you are going to this game other than you are the number one seed and this year, the number one seed goes to this game. And it just like cycles through like that. Yeah. It's like one year the Cotton Bowl gets one, Orange Bowl gets two, Sugar Bowl gets three, you know, and so forth. Mm-hmm. It all sounds so easy. And it fits so nicely when you put it out like that. Yeah. The the thing is that I'm not, uh, I don't have millions of dollars involved no. in uh, in the entire scenario. Yep. That's uh, That's the one problem, I think. Sorry, that's my uh, diatribe on how we can fix the New Year's Six. Um, <laughs> so well, uh, the game. The game, itself. yeah, the game, I, dude. I haven't even like thought about Notre Dame that much yet. It's still, no, with it still being two weeks away, like I'm probably about three or four days before I'm really like diving. Like I need to get through Thursday. Yeah, like I'm still thinking about Iowa State basketball mostly right now. That's what I'm saying. Like get through Thursday, and then I'll really dive deep into Notre Dame and yeah. start like looking at, you know, maybe watching some of their games and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I know that they. I think they got blown out by Michigan this year. Correct. That they was did. their their biggest loss. They did. Um, uh, took Georgia to the wire. Yep. Um, and then basically everybody else, like... Kind of handled them. Yeah, I mean, the other, like, marquee games that they played... Well, that Virginia Tech game, I think, was pretty good. Uh, I think Virginia Tech had a lead late in that one. Yep. Uh, USC, I think they beat USC pretty handily. They beat Stanford easily. And so it's like in the two games that they played where you're like, okay, these are the really good teams that they played, Michigan mm-hmm. and... Um, Georgia and Georgia, they lost, but yep. they took Georgia right down to the wire in uh, in Athens. Yep. Which now that we've seen more of Georgia, like probably not as big of a deal as it was then. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I think there was very clear, like uh, there's this tier, and then there's these like this tier. You know, like tier one to tier two. Mm-hmm. I think that the top three is like very clear tier one. Clemson like can kind of float. I think they're like, it's like tier two, like it's the top two and then Clemson's here just based on the schedule that they play. Yeah. And then, you know, like down here is Oklahoma, but then you've got like Oklahoma, Georgia, uh, Oregon, yeah, Utah, I'd even say, uh, like all Auburn, like all those teams are like right there, bang, yeah. bang, bang, uh, right there in that same level. I just have an odd feeling that Clemson, like having coming off the winning it last year, even though they played a pretty weak schedule compared to a lot of these other teams, I feel like they're still just going to come out and win the whole thing again. <laughs> you know, you think so? Yeah. I mean, I, I do think that they're discounted a little bit 
I mean, they've won 26 games in a row. Exactly. You know, like it's hard for us to sit here and be like, oh man, like Clemson, like they're Ohio State's just going to blow them out. But Ohio State's blown out everybody. Yeah. For the most part, except for this last game Mm -hmm. against Wisconsin, where Wisconsin was leading at halftime. And even then, like by the end, Ohio State had made it clear who the better team was. Yeah, the the problem is obviously I do think Clemson's a much better team than Wisconsin, and I think you know if if they take a peek at that game film, they'll be like, hey, this is what Wisconsin did well, and then you know you got what three weeks to prepare for it. You know, see, see and that's like what Jeff was talking about on football and random things, where um, he knows, like, I mean, we all know that Brent Venables is a very good defensive coordinator, and he will take a look at what Ohio State does and he will take away the best thing that they do. Say, yep. this is what we are going to stop. This is going to be our focus. Yeah. Do something else. Like make Justin Fields stand in the pocket and throw the football. Mm. And like, then it comes down to like, can Ohio State do that? No, they haven't played against anybody probably who can make them do that, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, but at the same time, has Clemson played against anybody with a defense? Like what Ohio State brings to the table? Definitely not. You know? Like, I mean, no, they haven't. That's, it's, it's simple. Like the answer is no. Mm. And I mean, I think LSU is, I still think that that team is the best one. Yep. And, and I don't know, I don't know how that would be different. Like, I don't know how much of that is because of the SEC and stuff. Like, there still is some inherent SEC bias. Even if you don't live, like, in SEC territory. <laughs> I mean, we watched the SEC win the national championship so many years in a row. Like, I still look at it and it's like, man, they went through a grueling schedule. Yeah. You know? and But they beat up on most everybody. Mm-hmm. And the way that they beat up on Georgia, I watched that game. I was like, dude, these guys are, like, these guys are the real deal. Yeah. You know? And I get that feeling when I watch Ohio State where it's like, these guys are just the real deal. These, no one that comes on the field with them is even close mm. to the same level as them. They made Alabama look pedestrian <laughs> at yeah. times. Which is so hard to do. Which is so hard to do. No one has done that besides Clemson in the last like 10 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where I'm like, I, I feel like, like I, I feel like LSU is going to win the whole thing just because of what they can do with Burrow and um you know, in the, in, in that defense is really good in the secondary. Yeah. I mean, they're physical. I, I definitely think the LSU is going to be the representative from that semifinal. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just think, I think though, if, if Clemson can get there, if they can get through Ohio state, then they can be the team to, to beat LSU finally. That's yeah, maybe. I think that's just the thing that like really jumps out to you when, when you see these like elite, elite teams, the LSUs, the Ohio states, the Clemsons, uh, Alabama, most years, the, the, like the level of physicality that they play with is just like head and shoulders different yeah. than any other. And when they're able to push around these other guys that like make other schools like look stupid mm-hmm. as far as physicality, like that's when you're like, holy crap. Yeah. Their like, entire roster. These guys are on a different level. Their entire roster is just made up of freaks at every position. Freaks and like, and freaks. And then they've got that culture that it's like, we just want to go toe to toe and beat the crap out of you. Yeah. You know? And that's like where I don't think Oklahoma, they as good as Oklahoma is and as good as their players are, I have never like gotten that vibe from them. No, they never go out and just like physically manhandle people. 
Yeah. Like in the past, they have done that to Iowa State, especially. Well, like, yeah. In the past, like, well, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like teams that are, yeah. are competent. I mean, yeah. not the teams like that were going two and 10 at Iowa yeah, State. Yeah. Yeah. But like e- even this year, like I-, I thought on an athleticism standpoint, Iowa State held its own mm-hmm. definitely against, Ohio, or excuse me, Oklahoma. But they would not be able to do that against a Clemson or an Ohio State or an LSU. Right. Like they proved that they belonged on like on that stage or like mm-hmm. Iowa state belonged on the same field as them, yep. you know, like, man, if Iowa state went against Ohio state, I, as, as good as, as, as good as, as Iowa state has gotten, man, I just would have a hard time sitting there thinking like, yeah, they're going to hang around in this one. Yeah. Like, they, no one can hang around with those guys. Mm-hmm. And like, that's just, that's what's so impressive. Like what Kansas state was able to do to Iowa state is they play with that physicality, but they don't have the like raw talent yeah. that what Ohio State and Clemson and, they aren't pulling and LSU have. In, they aren't pulling in the four and five stars. No, it's, it's like they've got the hard-nosed dudes who play with with that level of physicality. Yep. And Iowa State is a much more physical team than it ever was. Like, I mean, that it was like in the middle part of the decade. Uh, but it is still just like, there's like two levels of it. Mm-hmm. Like if you watched that Oregon and Utah game, that was a physical football game. Just to seeing the, how hard people were getting hit, uh, the way that guys were flying around and stuff like that. Like, man, I feel like I'm on a weird tangent, but I just feel like I, my mind is just going in some ways. Yep. Notre Dame plays with some physicality like that. That's what I'm saying. Like, Iowa State is going to have to come out prepared yeah. to play probably one of the more physical games that they've played the entire season. I mean, and I, I'm glad that they got that test against Kansas State because I think Kansas State punched them in the mouth a little bit. Mm-hmm. And this is where Coach Campbell can go in and say, like, you guys look soft against uh, against um, against Kansas State. Yep. It's like when you look at it from a basketball standpoint where Iowa State would get up against some of those teams that would just muddy it up, you know, and that's when they would get beat. Like, when their offenses were really good and stuff like that, where you could get knocked off of your – it's like they knock you off a little bit and you kind of stumble back and you're like mm-hmm. – you get dazed. Yep. And then you can't get it back fast enough because they punch you again. And you're like, holy crap. Like, man, they're just beating us up, you know? And that's what I like about this year's team. So, like, side note, I, I like this about this year's Iowa State team because I think that they've got that. They've got that, that they want to punch you in the nose. That's what I wrote about after Sunday night. Just like, and I've told you this, like George Condit being the villain. Yeah. Like Tyrese Halbert and the way that he talks shit to people. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, like they just got some dudes that it's like, man, I would not want to mix it up with that guy in a, a dark alley. Like yeah. Tyrese Halbert in six, five and weighs 190 pounds. And I don't think I'd want to fight Tyrese. Halbert. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely taken from the, the K state like vibe that they've given out the last few years under Bruce Weber. Yeah. The K state vibe, like the, the Chris Beard vibe mm-hmm. where it's like, you, you don't expect this team to like, this team can like when they get running, you know, like they did to Alabama, mm. they can put up some points and yep. like they can be really good. But they can also grind you out too. Right, but they're not afraid at all to get into a fist fight with you either. Yep. It's like what Michigan can be sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like what, I'm trying to think like, uh, like what Gonzaga can do. Where Gonzaga can get in some of those games and they're like, all right, we know that we're better than this team. But like, or you know, like this team is close to us in talent. It's like, okay, this is the point where it's like, we're going to throw the ball on the block and we are just going to go straight at you. Yep. Or, and it's like what Wisconsin does where it's like, we are going to run the same play out of the I formation with two tight ends and one split end and a fullback. And we are just going to run straight ahead. Stop us. And if you can't stop us, then you are going to lose. 
You yep. are either going to give in. It's like a, I said, it's like a bow constrictor. Like you are either going to give in or you are going to, uh, or else we're just going to, you know, or else you're gonna have to stop us. Like that's the only option. So yep. like, stop what we are doing right now. If we're not doing anything different and you know, like that, that's what separates elite teams from pretty good teams. Yeah. And if Iowa state can match that level of physicality against Notre Dame, which they, that's the level of physicality that Notre Dame will bring to the table defensively mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and running the football, then that will be, then Iowa state will, I think can win the game. Yeah. And it will be nice, especially after that K state game to kind of see, Purdy be able to utilize his arm a little bit better than he could in those conditions that they played in against Kansas State. Did I just like ramble and make no sense or did that make sense? No, it made sense to me. Okay. Yeah. You know, I just get like, I kind of black out sometimes. Yeah, I get do. like a train of thought and I, I just, sometimes I just write it. Other times <laughs> I let it go. Yeah. It depends on how I'm feeling on that day. It was, it was kind of the only thing I had trouble with is that you kept on jumping back and forth between football and basketball. Oh yeah. That, that's yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it made sense what you, what you were saying, but yes. It's like my ADHD coming out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just the, that it, uh, look inside my mind. So like my mind moves really fast and it's just a product of what I, of, of that. Um, and that's no like secret to anybody. Everybody knows for the most part what ADHD is, I'm sure. But uh, the, like there's days where being able to like, get, like get a hold of a thought and like keep holding on to the thought, like think of it like as a rope is it's like, sometimes the rope just like runs out and there's mm-hmm. days where like, I can't, no matter how, like how I'm feeling, like whatever it is, like I'm on that thought and the rope just like, doesn't, it's not there. You yeah. know, I can't like grasp onto a thought for very long, but it's like, then some days I'm like, okay, now I got it. Like I'm, I'm holding on to the rope. This rope is really long and like, I can just <laughs> keep going and I'm not going to like veer off in a different direction and like have to figure out something else to talk about. Um, all right. Do you got anything else to say about the game? No, not really. You didn't I mean, say very much. <laughs> I just talked. I'm sorry. I mean, again, like I, again, like you kind of mentioned, I haven't really shifted to thinking about Notre Dame that hard yet. I'm still thinking about Iowa state basketball, which, Hey, great win against Seton hall. I was gonna say, let's talk about Iowa state basketball. Then went over Seton yeah. hall. I should have just transitioned it when I started talking about basketball before, That's um, right. but yeah, man, that was, is one of the, that was one of, I think my favorite games at Hilton Coliseum in the last several years. And it's not because of like any individual performance or anything like that. It's like I said, man, like this is, uh, that was the moment where it like really felt like to me, like, okay, we saw an identity of what this team wants to be. Yep. And we needed to see that, you know, in the past, we knew what Iowa state's identity was going to be where it's like, they are going to outscore you. They are going to get out and run and all this kind of stuff. And like, they've got these guys who can shoot the ball and, um, and you know, you got guys like George Niang who can, who's just, in good. unbelievable <laughs> talent. And Tyrese is very, very good, but he is not like a, you know, like he's just, he, he does those things like in stretches where it's like, he'll do a three or four things where you're like, holy crap, like this guy's ridiculous. Yeah. But then you'll kind of slink back a little bit. And mm-hmm. It's like, and you'll go a little bit where it's like, all right, now I'm going to let these guys do their thing. Yeah. And, uh, it, there's like a, there's almost a cadence to like these Iowa state games now where it's like they start to get into a little bit of a lull. They start shooting the ball a little bit, but too much for mm-hmm. a team that can't shoot the ball and hit the broad side of a barn. Uh, and then like they'll, they'll put George Condon in and he'll come in and you'll get a block and he'll start a transition fast break. Um, and they'll get the ball to Rajir Bolton and he'll go in and score in the lane and get an and one or something like that. And then they'll come down and get another stop. 
and get a bucket and then they'll get another stop mm. and get a bucket and then they'll like and then they'll get a steal and Tyrese will find Condit str- running down the middle of the lane for a dunk and then the team takes a timeout and all of a sudden they're like up eight points yep after being tied or like down and you're like holy crap like <laughs> they, they've got a little bit of that uh, that spurt ability in them. Yeah. But it's different because it takes more time. Yeah. Because mainly because they're not making threes, they're making, you know, shots at the hoop. Yeah. Like they're making shots at the basket and it's like coming off of, it's coming out of transition, but it's because of passing and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And like just uh, working that pick and roll between George and Tyrese and Tyrese is finding the right guy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then in just like making plays on the defensive end, Yep, you know, being tough. Yep. And, Prentice Nixon just played a fantastic game. Yeah, and that's what yeah, like I asked Coach Prom that like just how how Prentice I feel I feel like Prentice is like the heartbeat mm-hmm. a little bit like Tyrese is the brains of everything, but Prentice is that guy that's like or I don't even know I don't know if the heartbeat I don't know what it is, but he's like the one that you can tell is kind of the the backbone a little bit where it's like. If Prentice is having a good game, chances are everyone else is going to yeah. be having a good game too. The team is like in the mold of him a little mm. bit where he's just, you can just tell he's a tough SOB. Yep. You can tell why he played for Larry Eustachie. <laughs> yeah. You know, and why he liked playing for Larry Eustachie because like that's the kind of guy that he is. That dude wants to get stops. He wants to get stops and he just is like, he gets offended like when someone scores on him. Mm. I love that kind of stuff. Yep. Like that's, that's fun basketball. And it, and there's not that like the getting up and down and running and stuff like that isn't fun, mm. but it, uh, it's just like, there's, it's like a mix between Virginia and what Iowa state was before where it was like, Virginia is just like, it was five to five in Virginia's <laughs> game on Sunday at yeah. the 10 minute mark of the, uh, or no, the seven minute mark of the first half of the game on uh, Sunday against, uh, North Carolina, it was five to five. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Thank God Iowa state isn't that extreme. Exactly. Which in fairness, I think it was six to 12 at the 10 minute mark of the game on Sunday between Iowa state and Seton hall. Yeah. But it like, it does what coach Prom said about it feeling like a, after the game where he said it felt like an old big East game. It does. It was like two heavyweights, just like trading. Slugging. Yeah. yeah. Just slugging it out. And it's like, who is going to be the one who blinks first yep. or be the one who hits the canvas. And I love that. Yeah. And I told you two weeks ago or three weeks ago, whatever it was about George and how he's like got some of that villain in him. Mm. You can just tell that he embraces like having people not like him. Yeah. Like dunking on people and yelling in their face. And, uh, you know, the way that he will, you know, egg on the crowd yeah. and stuff like that. Like he, he, it's like Joel Embiid, like I said, like he's got the crowd in the palm of his hands. Yeah. And I do, I do know that a lot of people want him to start, but I think Prome and even Condit himself, like kind of know that he's, he really is going to thrive in that energy bench mm-hmm. role that he's currently playing too. Yeah. And I think that as the year goes on, you'll continue to probably play more minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I think it is good for them where they just like, they need to figure out a way that they can have some of that energy off the bat off the bat and because then when you bring him in it's a change up yeah you know like that's the problem that i have right now is it's like too early in these games they're not playing downhill yeah Rajir bolton is by far at his best when he is playing downhill going towards the, the rim yep i think that tyrese when he is uh when he has to be your primary ball handler, when he has to be the guy who's making plays for other people, he is at his best when he is going downhill towards the rim, yeah. getting into the paint, getting paint touches and kicking the ball out and stuff like that. Cause he's really good at the rim. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's 
he's proven that, you yep. know, like, man, think like that dunk he had in the big 12 champ or in the big 12 tournament last year when he dunked on the Kansas state guys. Yeah. Or was it Kansas state? You remember, uh, do you know what I'm talking about though? In the, I, like I in transition and he like came down and it was oh, like, yeah, yeah. like he was way far away from the rim and yeah, he like dumped yeah. over two people. Yep. And it was like one of those things where you're like, holy crap. Mm. Like, where did that guy come from? And like, if he can harness that and when he plays like that, he's unstoppable. Mm. And uh, that's where he just has to get better at like being able to get past people and stuff like that. But that's where they can use the pick and roll and things like that. I feel like they do too much settling early on in games where you know, Rajir is taking shots from deep. Mike Jacobson is shooting threes or shooting mid-range jumpers. Yep. Like they need to get to the rim. Agreed. You know, maybe get the ball to Solomon on the block or like get the ball to Mike on the block or something like that. And, or like run a play to get Rajir going downhill. And that's usually what they do is they'll like, they'll get to the under 16 and it's like, they'll have four points. Yeah. And then right out of the timeout, they'll run some play where you'll get Rajir going to the basket and it's like in a bucket and it's like, yeah. okay, well that was easy. Yeah, on that thread, it'd be kind of interesting to have a shot chart of Iowa State's shots over the first four minutes of the game compared to the next four. I bet they're drastically different, honestly. I'm sure that they are. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Mm -hmm. And but that's just what if they can figure out a way to get that energy where you're going downhill and like taking it at people early on in games, then I think you can kind of mitigate a little bit of that where it's like you're still when, waiting for George to right, come in the game. Where it's like, all right, we're just waiting for George to come out and give us our boost. Yeah. You know? And like you still can get where you get George in the game and then all of a sudden it's like take that energy and now you got him and it's like, oh now we got like our it's like a double shot. Yeah. It's like an Americano like it's like Chris oh Warren's God they're bringing about. they're bringing in Condit now after this incredible opening already. Yeah. Yeah. And like I want to see them I feel like they almost come out like in a Floyd Money Mayweather uh strategy where it's like we want to just like dance around a little bit we want to dance <laughs> around and like and and play defense yeah early on in the game rather than coming out and like setting a tone and saying all right like we want to punch you in the mouth for the other 30 minutes or whatever mm. but like we're gonna feel you out for 10 minutes mm. you know like no i don't want to see you feel them out like come out and start punching them in the mouth right away play your defense on or like play hard on on the defensive end and turn that into getting into transition and and getting against unset defenses um, and, and getting towards the rim. And I think if they can do that, then like this team could be really, really good. Agreed. So Iowa coming up on Thursday. Yeah. Um, I was actually looked a little bit better than you might've thought coming into the year. Mm -hmm. um, obviously uh, Garza is kind of coming to his own. He had 44 the other night against Michigan. Um, Wieskamp had another good game. I think what was last night that they played. Yeah. Against Minnesota. I think he had 20 points. Um, do we know yet if, if Bohannon's playing or not in this upcoming game? So Kirk Holland uh, said in Slack because he did not play against Cal Poly, he could play against Iowa State and then Redshirt Stowe. Okay. He had so. 10 assists last night and zero points, <laughs> which is crazy, like in yeah. 25 minutes or something like that. Mm -hmm. I think Minnesota might be, might be not very good. Okay. But that's just from what I can – what I've gathered. Obviously, it's been a very long time since Iowa has won in Hilton. Mm -hmm. um, since Larry Eustachie's last game. Yes. So, a very, very long time. Um, but at the same time, I think I feel a little bit concerned about this game just because I feel like Iowa has played better than we thought they would be. And we've seen Iowa State not shoot the ball very well. Yeah. I I will say, I think that if this, if, if it was like the 2014 or 15 team, I would be more concerned 
where it's like it's going to be one of those run and gun, mm-hmm. you know, jacking up shots, like whoever can just you make know, the uh, last shot wins. I mean, it's it. What what year was that? The uh, Georgia senior year, fifteen, the fifteen game where they got way down. Mm. It had to come back, and then they won on Monte's shot. Like where, when Utah, Utah had, had, yeah, had when, thirty in the first half. Yeah, yeah, when Utah had thirty in the first half. I feel like this team is almost built more to like beat this Iowa team, mm. and like where they've got that physicality. Yeah, and uh, and they've got like a man. They got like a little bit of a, like a Big Ten mean streak to them, mm-hmm. like what you think of like with Big Ten basketball. Yeah, and man, they've got. <laughs> They remind me a lot of that Texas Tech team from last year, just mm. without the maybe like the elite shooter. Without Jared Culver. Yeah. Well, yeah. And like Jared Culver was, I mean, he was a lottery pick for a reason. Yeah. I mean, Tyre, I was Tyrese say, could but be. Like, I just was going <laughs> to say, but let's think about the fact that Iowa State's got a kid that yeah. might be in that same game. It's just a little bit different because Culver was more of a traditional scorer. He whereas, was that elite scoring guy. Yeah. yeah. But, whereas Tyrese is a distributor. But, but if you think about it, like you've got, so you've got your high level elite talent in Tyrese that's a lot like Jarrett Culver mm-hmm. not like yeah again like Tyrese has been scoring the ball really well though yeah. recently yeah um he's shown that he's got some ability like to be that guy that shot that he made um the one when he was making fun of the guy's height <laughs> where he, he it was like a little turnaround uh from like the elbow mm-hmm. he like kind of backed the guy down and shot like a fadeaway turnaround from the, the elbow that was high level yeah it, because in the in the moment, I'm stand, sitting there like I'm watching him shoot it, and I was like, "What the hell?" And he hit it, and I was like, "Oh, oh, he's got that in him," you yeah. know. And that's like what Jared Culver would do, like was doing last year when he came in and was balling yeah. in that game. I mean, that was one of the best performances I've seen from an individual. What do you have, like 34 points or something like that? Something, something crazy, yeah. And where he's just like in his bag, where you're like, "Man, we ain't stopping this guy." The call God thing, like, and. That's what I'm saying. Like Tyrese got that in him. How do we pull it out of him? You mm-hmm. know, and that's I, I think they're doing a better job of figuring that out. How to how to pull that out of him a little bit. Yeah, it goes back to the thing that going and dunking on people playing downhill and stuff. Yeah, um, because that's when he can get open shots from deep where people all of a sudden forget like mm-hmm. that. Oh, he can shoot th- threes too. Yeah. Um, but then you've got your guy in Prentice who's almost like Matt Mooney, mm-hmm. where it's like Mooney was just like a net. Yep. He's pissed you off. You know. He just drove you nuts. Yep. Like, you're like, man, I hate that guy. But if he was on my team, I would love him. He's the guy that everybody wants to fight in practice. <laughs> uh, and then, like, George is kind of like Tariq Owens was. Um, the rim protector, the long rim protector that can really run, mm. uh, can rebound, just can alter shots and, like, change the game in that sense where it's like, you're not going to score in my lane, yep. you know? And that's where I kind of see some of those similarities of just of, of the, the two teams. Texas Tech's style is a little different just in the sense that they don't because of the way that Chris Beard wants to play where they're running the motion offense and um, like running a lot more sets and stuff like that. Mm. It's a little bit different, but uh, they, when he really let them go a little bit last year and Mm. like gave them some more freedom, that was when they took off. That's when they went and became a team that could, that won the big 12, you know, when they went and became a team that played for the national championship was when he was like, all right, yeah. I'll give you some freedom, you mm-hmm. know, and they, this team has that freedom. So it's like, that's where I don't know that they've got an elite shooter, like what Moriarty is or uh, whatever. Moretti. Moretti. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that they've got that guy yet, but if they can find that guy, like things could get 
Like this team could be really good. I don't know about top ten good. But I'm kind of like, hoping be that, pretty good. I'm kind of hoping that Trey Jackson develops into that guy, that role. <laughs> Trey Jackson or like Caleb Grill or somebody. Like mm-hmm. Caleb Grill is going to knock down some shots, man. Like yeah, he's he got is, a nice jump, ju- nice jumper. He has had more shots that go like halfway down and <laughs> pop out than any guy I think I've seen. It in reminds me forever. Of, of Matt Thomas his first couple of years. Yeah, he had a lot of real good looking shots that just went off the back iron. And if he can just keep his confidence and just like keep shooting it confidently. It scares the shit out of me every time he dribbles the basketball, <laughs> but like you can just tell that that guy is going to be a really good shooter. Yeah. And, but like, that, I just, I, I, I see that in them a little bit where it's like, you are, we're like, I think they're just tapping the surface of like how good they could be. Yeah. It kind of stinks because I feel like if, like if Tyrese came back next year. Oh my gosh. Like that they, team would be, I was just saying oh. like, they would be really good. They could have like big 12 championship that. Yeah. That's the stuff. kind of team I think they would be. You lose Prentice obviously. Yep. And you lose Mike, but like you bring back enough pieces and you get some real nice freshmen. Yeah. And you bring in some good freshmen. Like I think that that team would be really, really good. Yep. Unfortunately, I, I'd probably still predict that Halliburton goes this year, especially if he's going to be a projected lottery pick. Yeah. But I mean, I think that if he man, the, like him sneaking up into that lottery range is what stinks, because I feel like if he would have still been back half of the first round, yeah. you can just tell like Tyrese loves playing college basketball so yep. much and loves playing at Iowa State that that it was it's like that's the kind of thing that you exactly if, if, if he if would stay because he's just like i love yeah. to play for Iowa State. if he's if it's if it's anything but a gar- that guaranteed lottery money then he'd be like you know what i'm just gonna stay yeah it's like uh like you can just see like he has i mean he after that game against ohio state last year like the way he was reacting i mean it was very similar to the george. way george was yep and i think now even like the perception of iowa state has changed so much that Tyrese like gets a boost from like being as good as he is now where it's like, Oh, if you're that good at Iowa state, like you must be pretty good, which is like a testament to like what George and Monte and guys like that have done that, that it has just changed the, like there's been so many guys who have gone to the NBA and had success now that it's like people are looking at Iowa state a lot more than they ever were before. Yep. Like there was no doubt when George Niang was a sophomore that George could go and be what, he became, mm-hmm. you know, and he could be a guy that plays minutes for the Utah Jazz. There was no doubt when Monte was a sophomore that he was that, but they weren't getting that same level of attention. Yep. And uh, so it's like if he would have not gotten up to that level, that high of a level, and that, you know, who I blame it on? Who? The USA Basketball Coach of the Year. <laughs> You're right. Mr. Elite himself. Mr. Elite himself, Chris Weber. <laughs> You really had to pull, drop that USA Basketball Coach of the Year, didn't you? I, I we're not doing hot knot today, so I had to, I, yeah. had, I had to do it. Uh, but that was uh, he let the cat out of the bag. Man, he did it on purpose. You're right. He wanted to sabotage Iowa State. Exactly. He he looked at it. He he. Bruce Weber's like playing like 6D chess on us here. I think mm. he was putting together this roster. He saw how good Tyrese was. He's like, man, we got to get this guy out of here. <laughs> He's like, we have to make him a feature part of this team get him to sh- we know how many scouts are here and stuff like that watching Jalen Suggs and all those other guys it's like we got to shoot him up the draft boards um <laughs> and that that SOB did it yeah he did that brilliant SOB that brilliant elite SOB did it and he's oh, gonna, Bruce Weber now I just need Tyrese like now we need Tyrese to come back and just like give 
Bruce Weber the middle finger. Mm-hmm. I've like created the ultimate conspiracy theory. You I realize might really ride this. You have to uh, play this podcast segment for Tyrese next time you see him. Okay. So he knows what's going on. Okay, I will. Um, all right. Before we take a break, give me your prediction. I'm going to say Iowa State. I think Iowa State will still win. I think it'll be a close game. Uh, I will go Iowa State 74, Iowa 70. Okay. I'll go. I think I, I had Ken Palm pulled up. Man, I want to say it, like Ken Palm had it at like 80 something to 78 or something really? like that. Something High like, that I looked at and I was like, whoa, I don't know about that. Huh. Uh, here, I'm pulling it up. 81, 78. Uh, I'll take, I'll take Iowa State, Iowa State 75, you said 70? Yep. 71. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Iowa State 75, Iowa 71. So you, you're trying to take the over, I'm taking the under essentially is what you're doing. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I realized after I said 75 that we were about to say about the exact same thing. Yeah. Here, I'll say, uh, I'll say 75, 69. Nice. <laughs> there we go. Thank right. you. That's the, uh, that was the desired, uh, response. All right. We're going to do the annual stands and fits underrated underdog bowl extravaganza. When we come back on stands and fits on the cyclone fanatic podcast network. Welcome back to stands and fits on the cyclone fanatic podcast network. We're going to do the stands and fits underrated underdog bowl extravaganza 2019, uh, Hopefully you guys have made it through my ramblings that I did in the first segment <laughs> of the podcast. They're, they're just fine, Jared. Don't worry about them. <laughs> they're all sleeping. Um, well, to wake everyone up, yes, back with the underrated underdog bowl extravaganza. Um, how do we finish out the, the regular season? Uh, regular season, you finished with four. Okay. I think the last one that we didn't get to review uh, just because of the couple weeks off, uh, you had won. And then uh, the, one, the last one that I had picked did not win. So I came in with two wins. So you won the regular season by two. So congratulations for that. So I will have for to make the, up a little bit of ground. For that, do I get uh, first pick? I will, I will allow it. I will give you first pick. And then I, I think that that's only fair. I, I agree. All right. So I, this year, just to kind of make it a little bit more so we don't, you know, obviously go to the top or you know the bottom, that kind of thing. I divided it in half. So I figured the first portion we can take the, the smaller lines mm-hmm. and the second portion we can take the, the, the bigger ones. Um, and then obviously two things to note, there were, um, uh, there's one game that's a pick them. Uh, and I think the last year we handled that, you had to pick the winner, okay. um, if you pick that game. And then, uh, there were 39 actual, um, games set to go. So to get to 40, even we will include the national championship. If you take the national championship, you automatically get assigned to whoever is actually the underdog when, when those two teams are determined. Okay. You said there's 40. Yes. Okay. So, so- each of us gets 20 overall. Uh, so with the first pick, maybe we should not even include the national championship and do something different for the national championship game. We could, um, I, I, one thing I did consider was taking out the camping world bowl. So, so we, cause we, both of us are going to want Iowa state, obviously it, it might end up being your first pick if we did include it. Well, I would say maybe even if we did, uh, maybe if we like made the national championship game worth like two, the, pro- I, the, the issue becomes if there's if we take out the national championship, then it's 39 games. So it wouldn't be even. So the national championship makes it. So there's, it's an even 2020 split. Oh yeah. I was trying to think of a way to like make it where we're not going to tie. Mm-hmm. Well, my, the, my tiebreaker, I was going to bring that up as well. My tiebreaker is you, we can either do a the person who's underdog with the biggest spread. So like the biggest underdog wins, that okay. person wins, or we can do 
combined amount of underdogs. Like if we both had the same underdogs, just add up all the points of the people who won. So either combined. I, I like the biggest spread one. Okay. I like that. So that gives you a little bit of incentive to take the, the bigger spreads. Yeah. Okay. That's a, that's a good idea. Okay. All right. Um, so I got first pick. You do. I'm going to take Iowa State. Yeah. You kind of have to do that one. All right. Yeah. Uh, I will follow that up by doing the next best thing, picking against Iowa. I will take USC plus one and a half points in the Holiday Bowl. I have to ask you, is this the real name of the Sun Bowl? These were all taken word for word from the CBS Sports article that I read. Yes. And you have to say the entire thing if you pick it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I feel like I need to take that. Uh, but man, I mean, I don't know if I want to do it yet, though. We're not in that round, though. We're, we're oh, okay. Still, oh, we're still okay. We're doing round. the top. Okay. My yep, bad. Yep, okay, yep. My bad. Uh, I'll take Oregon in the uh, Rose Bowl. It's a good one. All right, Oregon plus two and a half versus Wisconsin. We'll say that we'll tell people to the line, like the separator is five and a half, but there's two five and a halfs. Uh, yep. It's the, the, oh, last, yeah. the last one of the first round is the FBC mortgage curable. Yes. Where is that played? It's a great question. I didn't put that information on here. Okay. okay. All right, moving on. Um, just give me a second to look through these. I will take Navy to defeat our mortal enemies, the Kansas State Wildcats. Man, we didn't even talk about that. I'm surprised you haven't been right on the front lines of that discussion. <laughs> Dude, I've been so I know so how you feel about the folks at, in Manhattan. Freaking sick of that. That line moved, didn't it? Uh, it, it could have, actually, I guess. I thought I was going to say, I thought Kansas State opened as an underdog. Again, these were whatever CBS whatever Sports was, had listed. Yeah, whatever it was today. Um, I will take I'll take Washington State in the Cheez-It Bowl. It's a good pick, going with our friend Mike Leach. Yeah. Two and a half point dogs to the uh, to the Air Force Falcons. Okay. Don't right. don't get it twisted. I still love the troops <laughs> in the Air Force. Of course. All right. My next pick. I will go with Boise State plus three and a half points versus Washington in the Las Vegas Bowl. Uh, give me uh, Ohio State in the Fiesta Bowl. Okay. I already talked about that before. Yep. Picking. I still think Clemson's going to win that one. All right, I'm going to I'm going to take the Pickem game, uh, Gator Bowl, t- Indiana versus Tennessee. I will pick Indiana to win that game. Okay. Indiana, do they end up winning nine games? Uh, that's a great question. I do not know. I know that our friends at uh, at Home Field Apparel had the nine Indiana shirt. Nice. Today, uh, shout out to the folks in Bloomington. The uh, eight year anniversary of. Uh, Christian Watford's Watford at the at the buzzer shot to to beat mm. Kentucky in in uh, Assembly Hall. Nice, one of the more memorable regular season college basketball games of my lifetime. Um, uh, what do I want to do here? So can I take the national championship? Yeah, if you want. All right, I'll just take the national championship game. All right. So you'll get automatically assigned those team or that team once it's assigned. I will go down to um, Music City Bowl. I will take Mississippi State plus three and a half points versus Louisville. Okay. Um, I will take. I will take Liberty plus five and a half against Georgia Southern. Okay. And that is in the 
Let's see where's that. In the uh, that's in the FBC Mortgage Cure Bowl. Oh yes, the FBC Mortgage Cure Bowl. Of yeah. course. How could you forget that classic bowl name? All right. Uh, next, I will go up to Charlotte plus five points versus Buffalo in the Bahamas Bowl. Man, the Bahamas Bowl is like I feel like is one of uh, our nation's great traditions. Yep, it's right up there with like the Rose Bowl and yeah. the Sugar Bowl and all. We those. should call it like the Drunk Uncle of the Mall. The Bahamas <laughs> Bowl, the Drunk Uncle of the Mall. That's a good one. Uh, I'll take Hawaii plus two versus BYU in the Hawaii Bowl. Good old Hawaii gets to stay home for their bowl. Do they play each other like every time in the Hawaii Bowl? It seems like BYU's been there before, haven't they? Yeah, and like they accepted the invite to that game with like three weeks left in the season. They got bowl eligible and then accepted the invite to the Hawaii Bowl. That must bowl. be like a, if BYU is in a great team, then they automatically get relegated to the Hawaii Bowl kind of thing. I might look that up. All right. Well, while you're looking that up, I will take my next selection. I will go for the, to the first responder bowl, Western Michigan, plus two and a half points versus Western Kentucky. Um... What does your research tell us? The bowl normally features a team from the Mountain West Conference playing a team from either the American Athletic Conference or Conference USA. Hmm. For practical and logistical reasons, reasons the Mountain West bid is automatically awarded to the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors if the team is bowl eligible and was <laughs> not selected to play in the New Year's Six. <laughs> Shocker. Man, that's, uh, that's tough. Yeah, I don't know. What a... Uh, BYU's still independent, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they are. Hmm. One of those leagues must not have been able... That's weird. I don't know why that worked out that way then. Hmm. Uh, what'd you take? I took the first responder bowl. Okay. Hopefully they play it this year. Yeah. Um, give me another one of our nation's great traditions, the Belk Bowl. Kentucky, plus three and a half, or plus three against Virginia Tech. Uh Sad, sadly, the final edition, I think, of the Belk Bowl. That's right. We're going to lose out on a great Twitter account. On, on one of the great Twitter accounts. Yeah. Now, like, every bowl wants to be like the Belk Bowl. Have you yeah. noticed that? Yeah, they've, they've started all trying to get snarky. hip. Yeah, yeah, they're all very snarky now. The Belk Bowl is the OG, and you can't top them. All right. Uh, I will go next to the, the Pinstripe Bowl. Wake Forest, plus three and a half points versus Michigan State. Um... Did you see that Fo Pelini tweeted at me? Last no, week? I didn't. Yeah. What, what was that? Uh, he tweeted out an article that was really good, uh, and I or he he wrote an article that was really good, and I yep. I tweeted it out, and he apologized to me. What did, what what did he apologize for? Well, he almost made me cry. Oh, <laughs> it, was, it was really it was really really good. Yeah, it was like one of those things that's right in my wheelhouse of like almost mm. making me cry. I gotcha. Um, I'll take. Uh, Man, I don't know. Like, I don't know anything about Florida International. Me either. We're getting kind of the or these Florida games. Atlantic. Like so the games left are the ones that I think that the the favorite is definitely going to win. Yeah, I don't like. I don't want Florida Atlantic because I know, like, after losing Kiffin, who knows what the, the situation will be for them. Exactly. SMU is pretty good too. Have they hired our coach yet? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so either. Um, I'll take. Uh, I'll take Central Michigan. Ah, that was where I was going next. In the New Mexico Bowl. They are playing San Diego State. Man, so I can either pick against North Carolina with Mac 
picking his SMU again, the Lane Kiffin thing. So I guess I got to go to I got to go to Florida International next in the Camellia Bowl versus Arkansas State plus three plus three points. I want nothing to do with that Temple team. So like I don't know anything about Temple, um, but I know that like I, I don't envision them beating North Carolina. So I'll take uh, FAU in the Boca Raton Bowl. Okay. Isn't, and isn't uh, FAU in Boca Raton? Uh, rings a bell, yeah. I think they might be. I'm pretty sure it is. Or close, at least. God, All right, so that, that sounds horrible. There's no way they're winning that game. So that leaves me with the Military Bowl, Temple, plus five points versus UNC. All right. All right, so that concludes the upper half of our underrated underdog sections. Now going to the lower half. So these will be the games where if you select the biggest underdog, then that will be the tiebreaker. Yeah. So keep that in mind. Um, all right. I feel like I have to do this just like for pure, like I just want to. Yeah. Uh, I'm taking uh, Florida State plus five and a half <laughs> in the uh, Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. <laughs> I was not aware that this is like sponsored by Tony the Tiger this year. Were you? No. And like, that's why I'm saying I, I just, I feel like I need to take it. I don't yeah. know. I don't know why. But it's like you, you can't pass up the opportunity to take the, no, the Tony I, Tiger I can't, Bowl. I can't turn that down. I really don't think Florida State will probably win that game, mm-hmm. but uh, but I'm going to roll with it anyway. All right. I like it. My pick, uh, I'll go to the Cotton Bowl. I select Memphis plus seven points versus Penn State. Okay. Um, I'll take... Give me, um, man, give me Eastern Michigan in the quick lane bowl. See that going down a little. Oh yeah. Plus 10 and a half points. Plus 10 and a half against Pitt. I feel like that's a game where, um, like where Eastern Michigan will be considerably more excited to play in the quick lane bowl than what Pitt will. Yeah. I like that logic. Yeah. I'm going to stick with a little bit of that logic and go to the Citrus Bowl, Michigan, the fight in Harbaugh's. We'll take down an uninterested Alabama team. Man, that's a good one. I wish I was taking that one. Uh, there's a. These are all really crappy games. <laughs> um, I'll take. A, is this Miami of Ohio or Miami Florida in the Independence Bowl? Miami of Ohio is in the Lending Tree Bowl, so that's Miami of Florida. Oh my gosh, I'm sure those folks are thrilled. Didn't they start the season as like a top 10 team? I think so. They fell off. They must have oh fell off, the, off a cliff. Oh, man. Um, I'll take Minnesota in the Outback Bowl. Minnesota in the Outback Bowl. Going on down to plus eight versus Auburn. Congrats on your trip to Shreveport, folks from Miami. <laughs> so nothing sounds better than Shreveport at Christmas time. Yep. When you're leaving Miami. All right. I will now select... I feel like we're both just like, there's so many games that I don't want to take. I don't want to take any of these games. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's go Southern Miss plus seven points versus Tulane in the Armed Forces Bowl. All right. Um, I'll go, I'll go with, uh, man, I know I'm not going to touch the Idaho Bowl. We can talk about that at some point whenever Mm -hmm. someone, uh, someone takes that one, but, um, and I know I'm not taking the Sugar Bowl. I'm making you take that one. <laughs> uh, give me, man. Give me a, uh, give me Virginia in the Orange Bowl. 
Orange Bowl. Ooh, go down the ways. After I just got done crapping all over the Cavaliers. Plus 13 and a half points. Yeah, against Florida. All right. Well, since you went all the way down there, I better take one of those bottom teams too. Man, uh, I much would have rather seen Alabama playing Florida in that game or, you know, yep. Utah or somebody, but. I'm with you. Whatever. All right. I'll go down. Sneeze. I'll go down a ways after you sneeze. <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> uh, I will roll with. I'm going to take the biggest spread on the board to get out of the way. The Gasparilla Bowl, Marshall will prevail 17.5 point dogs against UCF. I feel like this would be. That would be like the, not just in the sense of the number, but the biggest upset I can remember of any bowl game that there's absolutely zero stakes to. <laughs> yeah. Like any bowl game that matters, not one iota. If Marshall won that game, that would be massive. It would. In that same vein, I'm taking UAB in the New Orleans Bowl, plus Ooh. 17 against Appalachian State. Another one uh, that there's absolutely no way that that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're, we're rocking with it. Yep. Go, go Blazers. <laughs> All right. My next selection, I will jump up to... I, I had to do that, I felt like, just for the points. But You're right. You had to take a, take a gamble. Yeah. I will go up to the Red Box Bowl. I will take Illinois and Lovey Smith versus Cal, plus six and a half points. I wonder if that game will be any... Um, probably not. I was just thinking, like, man, I wonder if that game will be any better than last year's when it was, like... Seven to zero between <laughs> oh, Oregon right. and Oregon and Michigan State. Yep. And just as I was about to say it, I remember that it's Cal and Illinois. So probably not. No. No, probably not. Uh, I'll take. Uh, man, I'll take. Uh, I'll take Louisiana Tech in the Independence Bowl. Plus seven and a half. Plus seven and a half against the University of Miami. You're hoping for Miami to continue their downfall. Why would Miami want to play in that game? It's a great question. So why, they, why would they even accept the invitation? Also a good question. All right. I will go. I'll go. I'll go back down. I will take. Uh, I will take Kent State plus nine and a half points versus Utah State in the Frisco Bowl. Uh, give me a. Give me give me Oklahoma State in the Texas Bowl against Texas A&M. Plus six. Plus points. six, yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, I will go next to – I'll go to the Alamo Bowl, Texas, plus six and a half points versus Utah. I don't think Texas is going to win that game, but – I don't think either one of those teams really wants to be there. No. That might be a really rough game. Yep. It could get mucky, and Texas might just be the one to come out on top. We'll see. Yeah, that's like a – they might as well call that the nobody wants to be here bowl. Mm-hmm. They're going to go from where both – like last year, Washington, was back. Washington State and Iowa State both oh. just wanted to really be at the Alamo Bowl. Yeah. And now it's uh, Texas, a 7-5 and five Texas team and a Utah team that uh, was one game away from going to the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. Cast-offs. Yeah. They're like, man, our seasons sh- are – Complete disasters. Well, Utah's wasn't a disaster, but uh, I'll take I'll take Oklahoma in the Peach Bowl against LSU. They're All not right. they're not gonna win that game, but I'll take them because I just want to kind of kind of want to hoard these uh, big, big big lines, big point games. All right. Well, I I will do the same. I will take the Lending Tree Bowl, Miami of Ohio plus fourteen points versus Louisiana. 
Um, okay, so I've got, we got what, four left? Believe so. <laughs> Give me uh, Boston College and the Birmingham Bowl. Plus seven against Cincinnati. It's a good pick. Probably would be my next one. Um, so let's see. We got the Sugar Bowl, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, and the Nova Home Loans Arizona Bowl, which is obviously my selection. It's the Nova Home Loans Arizona Bowl. Um. All right. So I will take the Idaho, like the Idaho famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I'd want nothing to do with the sugar bowl <laughs> and the, the team that's playing, that's the underdog in it. Yep. Um, but I also know that Nevada has like five guys who are suspended, uh, for getting into a brawl with UNLV after their game. Did you see that? I did not. This was insane, dude. Like an absolutely insane college football fight. Like a full on full on fight where it was like insanity police are involved, all kinds of stuff. Wow. And they've had a whole bunch of people get suspended for that. Well, maybe you can look at it on the other way and just say that, Hey, they're going to come out inspired because they had these guys get suspended. Well, I hope they can. And, uh, they come out and, and, and beat Ohio despite being six and a half point underdogs. Yep. Man, these are like, that's like a Chris Williams special right there. Yeah. Nevada plus six and a half against Ohio in the Idaho bowl. <laughs> You already know Chris is going to have action on that game. Yeah. That's like the, that's the lock of the century. No doubt. All right. And obviously that does leave me, unfortunately, picking Baylor plus seven and a half points versus Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. Not happy with it, but I had no choice. So I got a whole lot of winners there. I feel good. I got the biggest spread. You won last year, right? Uh, I did. Cause remember it came down to the national championship game. Oh yeah, that's right. See, that's exactly how it'll probably go again. It'll be the exact same thing. Dude, if it does, if it does come down to the national championship game, you have that game this year. So I do. I do. Yep. Uh, well, and, I mean, if it, actually, if it comes down to the national championship game, I mean, either in that situation, I'd be winning by one or I'd yeah. already be losing by one. So. And, do, and remember that Jared does come in with a two-game lead because we are adding the regular season to this as well. Oh, okay, cool. Yep. All right. I will give you that. Sounds good. All right, man. Um, I'll mention again the bull charter. If you want to go to Orlando, if you want to go to Harry Potter, Wizarding World of Harry Potter with me, uh, we will do that. Just uh, go on the homepage of Cyclone Fanatic, find the link right there, um, sign up. I, I promise you it's a, a, as good of a value as you're going to find uh, in traveling to Orlando to go to the Camping World Bowl um, with the way that flights are and hotels are right now uh, for people trying to, to get signed up to go down to that. So you can find that right now on the Cyclone Fanatic homepage. Um Cyclone Fanatic merch, teamcloset.com slash Cyclone Fanatic. We got some good stuff coming here in the next couple of days. Uh, Mike's been working hard. I don't know about days, actually. It, in the next several weeks, I would think. Mike's been working hard to, to pump that stuff out. The Cornfields versus, or Catholics versus Cornfields shirt. Uh, you can find that right now at teamcloset.com slash Cyclone Fanatic. I don't think I have any other uh, housekeeping things. Can you think of any? I do not. I do not think I can think of anything. All right. Well, for this week, we're going to do uh, Beat the Hawkeyes. I love it. Peace, everybody.